Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. After our very, very short break, anyone that... If this is the first episode you're ever listening to, welcome. If you were behind on episodes and didn't even notice that we had a break, welcome back. And if you absolutely missed us over the last three weeks, we love you and don't worry, I'm officially back in your ear holes. So I have not even given two seconds of thought around today's episode and what I'm even here to say. And I'm just going to let it all happen very, very intuitively and just drop the bombshell on you guys. Just drop the bombshell. And if you follow me on socials, you probably would have already seen this. But if you haven't and you've been living under a rock, I am pregnant. Oh my God, it feels so weird to just be like announcing that and it feels even weirder to just be like saying this like like I'm just sitting in a room with my dogs and I'm like it feels like I'm talking to like thousands of people and simultaneously I'm just here by alone by like yeah it's weird it's a weird 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 feeling to finally be in a position to be able to share that with you guys and obviously anyone that has been pregnant or had a baby before you know that the anticipation of you know waiting that safe period before you tell people it's there's so much anticipation around that and it can really feel like it just takes the longest time what's been really interesting to observe about this pregnancy is like how much I haven't really had this need to tell people or like update my audience or anything like that I've been very much in a season of really just enjoying it with my partner and like with the people that I love so Obviously, I I thought I would just tell you guys and I'm probably going to release a video I already would have. I don't know. I'm I'm like recording this ahead of time. So I don't even know what this is going to look like. I don't know whether you guys are finding out first and Instagram doesn't know. I don't know whether I've released a video or I haven't. Like, I don't know. But I'm just going to kind of like share for those of you a little bit of the story around like my pregnancy and kind of how that's come to fruition, how I found out, how I've been feeling, all of the things. This is just going to be an episode where I'm just like sharing and updating you on all things my pregnancy. So the first thing that I wanted to share and cover was that um, this was very intentional, very, very intentional. So my partner and I probably started having the conversation around babies 12 it could have even been around 18 months ago, but I would say closer to the 12 month ago mark. And it wasn't so much like, okay, we're ready, but it was like, oh, I feel that we could be ready soon. And at that time, we both agreed and were very much on the same page in terms of values and things like that, that we never wanted to be in a position where we're like, okay, cool, let's just have a baby now and not feeling like we'd really prepared ourselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually, but especially physically. 
So considering we were feeling that itch of like, oh, it could be soon, we both agreed that at that moment, we would start preparing our bodies for that chapter of our lives then and there. So what that looked like for both of us is we both actually hired a health coach um, that really specializes in like analyzing blood work and optimizing health um, in any area. So obviously the area that we chose was optimizing fertility. But so we both went, we got like our bloods drawn and then this health coach gave us both a protocol based off like our blood work, um, areas that like he wanted to bring back into balance and he could really assess like any areas within our health that weren't optimal. And then he also gave us more generalized uh, fertility advice as well. So he kind of told us more foods to eat, what to stay away from, and gave us like a lot of supplements that were going to support our fertility journey. So we both did this for around, um, I believe like the three to six month mark. And we really got in a place where we were feeling really, really good with our health. To give a bit of background context as well, My partner and I were both vegan for about three and a half years Um, and it was probably around the 18 month mark ago that I was talking to one of my beautiful friends, Elise, who I've actually had on the podcast before. Um, We actually have a very, very good episode on preconception, health and fertility and all the things like she's absolutely incredible. Um, She is the founder or co-founder with her partner um, of a company called Maya Wellness and they really um, focus on uh, pregnancy, fertility, things like that. And they create like subscription boxes and products and things like that, which support that. She's incredible. So you should go listen to podcast episode together but I was having a chat to Elise and she gave me like a few recommendations and I remember one of the recommendations was a book called Real Food Real Pregnancy I believe by Lily Nichols I I could I could be stuffing that up but it's something like Real Food Real Pregnancy and I got the audio book and I started listening and I remember having a conversation with Oscar and I said like and nothing against anyone who is vegan, by the way. I was vegan for three and a half years. Like, I get it. Um, one of the reasons I came out was for health reasons, not for um, ethical reasons. The reason I went vegan in the first place was for the animals, not for my health necessarily. And, like, to be honest, I was one of those people where my health suffered. And this is coming from someone who has a background as a, a personal trainer and a lot of nutrition qualifications. I knew how to have a balanced diet. I knew, like, supplementation. Like, I knew all the things. I was doing everything, quote, unquote, right but my health also just was absolutely suffering. So that's just a bit of background context to that. However, add a whole new layer of my body not necessarily thriving in veganism. Um, The other thing was when I started listening to Real Food, Real Pregnancy, I said to Oscar, I was like, babe, I actually feel like going into pregnancy and creating and having a baby whilst being vegan honestly feels like child abuse. Like just based on like the amount of research and data around how important and obviously I already knew, but just like hearing the actual studies and depth of how how much your nutrition and your diet influences your baby. Like things where it's like, we know that, but we know it as a generalized term, but I'm hearing like actual specifics where it's like very, very specific of like not having enough of this nutrients or having too much of this can lead to, you know, developmental stuff can lead to, you know, increased chance of preeclampsia. Can like the, the list was endless from, you know, having pregnancy complications, having birth complications, having, you know, your your child growing up with potential like allergies or 
it's just, it was such an incredible and eye-opening book. And so we both agreed to start introducing meat back into our diet with the intention of improving our health um, and increasing our fertility. So that's what we did. And honestly, my health just started fucking thriving. And anyone who knows me now, like I eat like lamb cutlets for breakfast. Like I, I eat so much meat. It's so weird. Like I feel like like me being vegan was a lifetime ago, but I'm just absolutely thriving health-wise now since reintroducing meat back into my diet. Um, And honestly, my blood work showed it. So even looking at where my blood work was initially when I started with this coach um, and looking at it now and also background context, I started working with this coach I had already done a protocol with him prior to Oscar and I doing one together. So I actually started working with his health coach because my health was suffering so much and I was vegan at the time. We started working together and he asked me, he's like, hey, I'm so happy to work with you being vegan, but are you open to eating any meat or any animal products? He's like, honestly, it is my belief that it's more optimal for your health, but like I can totally work with you if you're not willing to do that. But I just have to ask the question because that's where his values align. And I just said to him, look, my health feels like my biggest priority right now. I'm open to it. So again, background context at this time, I was getting like, you know, my lips were swelling up. I was getting dermatitis all over my face. I ended up with rashes all over my chest, all over my arms. My skin was doing weird shit. I was bloated all the time. Like there was just so many health problems. And the biggest red flag for me I was forming a new allergy every six months. It's it's fucked. But basically, I went through this this time of my life where every six months, all of a sudden, I would become allergic to a new food. And I was like, how long can this go on? Like, I'm going to become allergic to like everything. Um, so I also wanted to work with him on reversing my allergy slash intolerances, um, which we have since done so as well. And I've got another episode on like, you know, my journey with health and all the things, but basically reverse an intolerance to dates, reverse an intolerance to banana, massively reduce my intolerance to avocado and mushroom to the point I can tolerate small amounts now. Um, Basically, the only one that I haven't been able to reverse is egg because that one, that's one's just severe. So working with this coach, I started introducing a little bit of meat. So fast forward to, you know, I'd done that protocol with the coach, had a little break. Oscar and I started having the baby conversation. We decided to do a protocol with my coach again, but do one together. So at this time, again, I'd already been dabbling in meat, but I massively increased it. I was like, okay, I'm going balls to the fucking wall. Like my health and my fertility and my future baby are my absolute priority and that's what I'm eating for and I'm going to eat in accordance with that based on the research I'm doing and what I feel is optimal for me and my body. So I started eating a lot more meat, taking all of these supplements, all the things like my health was feeling fantastic. Long story short, we decided to start trying for a baby um, and there is going to be a trigger warning around miscarriage um, coming up in this conversation. So I just want to preface with that. We decided to start trying for a baby. First month of trying, I fell pregnant, which was just absolutely incredible. And we were so happy and equally not surprised. By this point, we had spent six months priming our bodies, improving our exercise, improving our diets, doing so many things, cutting out like plastics and things like that, no longer storing um, food in plastic, storing everything in glass. Um, We had switched over all of our, um, you know, we were no longer using like 
any any chemical-based products. We both cut out perfume. Um, that's probably the most toxic beauty product you could possibly use is perfume. So we both cut out like perfumes and aftershaves, started using natural body oils instead, um, no longer using any products. So f- from like like uh, deodorant, makeup, like switched all of our brands over. And then we did the same thing with cleaning products as well. So we asked our cleaner to use all like organic, natural cleaning products. So we were doing all the things It wasn't just our diet. Like we were doing environmental factors, like absolutely everything. So when we decided to start trying and I fell pregnant, like the first go, we were just like, this makes sense based on like how we've prepared for this moment. This isn't just us getting pregnant on the first go. This is us getting pregnant after six months of priming our bodies for this. And I wasn't sure whether I was going to share it on this podcast episode or not. And and I will probably do another episode in the future where I may speak more into it, but I'm just going to touch on it very, very lightly. Unfortunately, I miscarried from that pregnancy, which we found out or it was suspected at week 10 and it was confirmed at week 11. So it was pretty fucking rough, to be honest, because anyone, again, that has been pregnant before, you know, like every single week that goes by, there's like a deeper attachment to your baby. So even like, and I know everyone is so different, but honestly, from even like week five to week 11, like I was so much more solid. I'd started like buying things like... Yeah, so it was a very, very rocky time. It was one of the hardest periods of my life. There was a lot of grief, but again, I won't go into it because I want to keep today's episode around the joy that is my current rainbow baby. So that happened around, like the dates are confusing. I kind of don't really remember, but I think it was around, I I went in for a DNC from memory the first week of December in 2022. Um, so unfortunately, it was a missed miscarriage, which means I didn't miscarry naturally. So I had to go in for a DNC. Um, and then there's obviously a wait period after that where you have to recover. So I went into just like allowing my body time to recover afterwards. We weren't trying for a baby or anything like that. We were just letting my body do its thing. We went away to like the Maldives and Sri Lanka. We like reconnected, just, you know, had a lot of time. And then kind of February, March started really getting back into the health, eating even better, looking after my body even better. Everything really, really started picking up again. So that was that. And then basically we decided to start retrying for a baby. I think it was around like March. I don't remember when it was, but basically I believe it was our fourth or fifth month of trying, I think it was our fifth month of trying that I fell pregnant again. So, which which was incredible because it was like out of six months technically of trying, I'd fell pregnant twice. So it just like, I felt really good. Like we felt like both of our fertility was great. Like everything was really good. Got pregnant again. And obviously again, I'll do another episode on this, but just like so much fucking fear guys. So much fear, so much anxiety. And we had decided like just based on the healthcare professionals we have chosen I'm not going down like the, what is it, an OBGYN um, or like even a GP route. We're going through a private midwifery company and they also have um, some some midwifery companies you have to still see a GP um, and a GP has to sign off on everything but then some companies um, the team that you hire based off their qualifications have capacity to write all of your scripts and referrals for you the company we're going through has the ability to do that so all of my scripts for any tests and things like that our midwifery company 
is referring us for everything. So just going through them and they value having a dating scan later than what most people traditionally go. So a lot of people go around weeks six or seven, sometimes week eight. The mid, A lot of midwifery companies recommend that you go between weeks nine to 10. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, you can obviously see more. Two, a huge reason is that often when you go early, say around week six or um, even seven, they can't always detect a heartbeat, even though there technically should be a heartbeat at that time. Like the the embryo is so small and sometimes they can't detect a heartbeat. So what happens is they're like, hey, why everything's probably fine. Because we can't detect a heartbeat, you're going to have to come back in one week's time. And my midwife described that as the week of hell. And she said for any client that has a scan where a heartbeat can't be detected, even though they're sure everything's fine, the week waiting until your next scan, she's like, it's not even worth it. Like, why would you even put yourself in a position where that could potentially happen? And so she said, if you go around week nine, they will be able to detect a heartbeat. Like the the embryo is big enough, like you will be fine. So that wouldn't even be something that you would have to go through. The second thing is obviously if you have to come back a week later, that means you're having another ultrasound, which means you're now exposing your, your baby to like the ultrasound equipment twice, which probably isn't ideal. Like you kind of like the, my philosophy is you want to minimize how often babies having scans and things like that because obviously the equipment I'm just going to fuck it up but like the radiation whatever it is you don't want to expose your baby to that more than what's necessary right so if you could just wait a couple more weeks and then you know that it'll be detected you know you won't have to have a second scan you know that will detect a heartbeat let's just do that so we waited for week nine and for context we found out I was pregnant in week three in week three. So I had waited six weeks for this scan. And anyone who has had a miscarriage, which I'm sure is potentially a lot of listeners because uh, one in four women miscarry. So it's a very, very high number, unfortunately. When you get pregnant a second time, there is just so much fear that comes up around that. So not only when you find out you're pregnant, before you see the baby, there's there's like no evidence. Like you're in this limbo thing where it's like you've peed on a stick. It says you're pregnant. You start getting symptoms. You know you're getting symptoms, but also like you just want the fucking confirmation. You want confirmation. Everything's okay. You want to see the baby in there because also you want to rule out anything else out like, like a utopic pregnancy, which unfortunately my mum has had before, which is where the baby can like, um, you know, the egg gets stuck in the fallopian tube and the baby grows in the tube. Like there's just so many things. So you want to have that scan to know that everything's in the right place. Everything's okay. There's a heartbeat detected in order for you to feel good good. However, not only was the waiting game such a fucking drag, but the second thing is for me, because I had a missed miscarriage the first time, the only way I knew I'd miscarried was when I'd had my scan, which last time was at week 10. He detected based on the size of my embryo that I had probably miscarried around week seven or eight. So that was what he detected, but we didn't uncover it until week 10 because I didn't bleed or miscarry naturally. So that's what a missed miscarriage is, is basically when you've miscarried, but your body hasn't given you the signs of that. So that whole pregnancy, 
obviously that happened. And then in week 10, they said, you're going to have to come back next week because either he said, if you were seven weeks, I would tell you this is a perfectly healthy pregnancy. However, considering you should be 10 weeks, the baby should be bigger. So he said, let's wait one more week. If there's no growth, then we know you've miscarried. If there is growth, we know baby's just a bit behind. So obviously when I went back in for week 11, which was the week from fucking hell, exactly like my midwife said, anything where you get potential bad news and you have to wait a full seven days for a second scan, it's awful. And like no one should have to go through that. But that's what I did. And so when we had the second scan, there was no growth to the so that's how we knew I'd miscarried. So fast forwarding to my second pregnancy, going in for my scan, I said to my midwife, I want to do it in week nine, not 10. I know it's only one week difference, but I just like, I want the reassurance. And I was so excited about our scan. The weeks leading up to the scan, I was nearly like peeing my fucking pants. And it wasn't until the day that dread kind of kicked in. And my partner and I, we went to the scan together, we're sitting in the waiting room and he said, are you nervous? And I said, yeah, I actually am. Are you? And he said, yeah, I actually am. And I said to him, I feel like a little bit low-key traumatized. And I said, I don't know if I want to look because this is where I found out last time that, you know, I was hoping to go in and see all of like just the, I was going in with the intention of what I was going to see on that screen and I didn't see it. And like that cut me so fucking deep. And I was terrified of that happening again. So we went in, we had the scan and they went straight to do an internal ultrasound. So often they will try to do an external, so over your belly. And if they can't get a good view, they'll do the internal. So they'll go in because the internal one gets them a better look. However, I think they did the internal straight away because they knew I'd miscarried last time. So they didn't want to potentially do the external one, say, oh, we can't see anything. And then we need to do the internal. And then that create like anxiety and pressure in me. Like, I don't think they wanted to put me in any situation where I could be stressed um, or like there could be anxiousness or confusion or ambiguity. So they went straight in with the internal and I half had my hands over my eyes. Like, you know, when you're like watching a scary movie and you don't want to look, but you want to look. So it's like you have your hands over your eyes so you can block it, but also you kind of low key, like looking through a finger. That's what I was doing. And I remember doing that. And then I kind of caught a glimpse when the screen came on I kind of caught a glimpse of something and I was like hang on what is that and and I just my only thing was it was so much bigger than last time because obviously last time it was an embryo stuck at around seven weeks whereas this time we'd gone nine weeks so it was like there was little nubs guys there was little leg nubs and and arm nubs and I was like what is that like it kind of looks like a baby so I took my hand away and I saw our baby I saw our baby and and straight away straight away the lady who was doing the ultrasound on me she said we have a heartbeat she she said that straight away and I just burst into tears and Oscar passed me tissues and it was just like honestly one of the most beautiful moments of my entire life and um yeah it was so special and so that happened and it was incredible and it just felt like such a milestone moment for my pregnancy and it was a moment for Oscar and I to get so much more connected to our baby and honestly after that scan we both, it was like, there, it was like, we didn't know there was a weight on our shoulders because we were excited the whole pregnancy. Like we weren't like, I say that I was very anxious, but like, honestly, 
it was in the background. Do you know what I mean? Like most of the time I was just happy and excited. Like we still told people, we told our family, we weren't like, oh, let's not tell anyone this time in case something happens again. We were like, no, let's tell everyone. So all of that happened and saw our baby and at that moment, it was a realization of how much pressure had been on our shoulders that we didn't know was there. And then that got lifted. So that was a really, really cool moment. And then the next thing I will say, anyone who hasn't been pregnant, if you get pregnant in the future, don't Google things. Okay. Don't Google things because Google will tell you the worst case scenario. So when we had the scan, my baby's heart rate was very high. It was 188 beats per minute. And that is high. Okay. Um, the baby's heart rates are high, but like that's very high. And so what did I do? I went home and I Googled and I started Googling baby's heart rate 188. And what fucking comes up in Google? High heart rate over 180 linked to chromosomal disorders, Down syndrome, etc., etc. <sighs> Guys, why did I fucking do that to myself? I don't know. But um, what I decided to do was message my midwife. I'm like, you know what? I've got access to a midwife. Why wouldn't I just message her? And I just said like, hey, hey, Dina, uh, baby's heart rate was this. Like, is that normal? And she said, hey, Jesse, yes, every single week, um, your baby's heart rate increases. It peaks at week nine. And then after week nine, it starts coming down again. So because you had your scan in week nine, that's when baby's heart rate reaches like its peak heart rate. So basically from weeks like six, seven, eight, it keeps going up and then it comes back down again. So I just happened to have my scan the week that a baby's heart rate is at its highest. Um, so she said, it's totally fine. It's all normal. We then had our NIPT test, which tests for chromosomal things and it comes back as low risk, high risk. Everything came back low risk, which was incredible. Um, and then also the gender came back, which at this point of time of recording, the gender's come back. We haven't checked it. My beautiful EA Nat is the only person who knows. So other than my midwife. So obviously my midwife got the results and my midwife, Dina, passed it on to my executive assistant, Natalie. And Natalie has ordered Oscar and I a smoke cannon of the appropriate color. And we are going to be popping that tomorrow. So by time this airs, we would have already known the gender. But right now I can't talk about it because I don't fucking know. So that is very, very exciting. It feels like there's so many things happening. Monday, we're having a 13-week anatomy scan and that's very, very exciting as well. So after we have that anatomy scan, that's probably when we're more open to announcing things, dropping this podcast episode, um, sharing all my stories, like whatever, all the things. So there's that. So that's kind of where I'm up to. I am 12 weeks and four days today. So I will be having my scan on 12 weeks, six days, um, which is exciting. So that's the update of like what pregnancy has been like in the, what we've done, the little milestones and things like that. In terms of how I've been feeling, um, I had some mad fucking nausea. I wasn't vomiting, but I felt nauseous every day and it nearly lasted all day and my hunger was through the roof and it was annoying me because I was seeing all of this other stuff because of course as soon as you fall pregnant your internet browser knows 
So, of course, you log on Instagram and your whole explore feed is pregnancy stuff from like baby clothes to gender reveals to like it's just pregnancy city, right? So, going on on Instagram, I see so many pregnancy things now and watch TikToks and reels and all the things. And everyone was saying how they had no appetite in trimester one and they were ravenous in trimester two. And they're like, oh, you know, trimester one, can't eat anything, trimester two. And they would be like eating like chips and like whatever. And I was like okay, well, I don't have that. I want to eat the fucking house down. I was so hungry. And anytime I felt nauseous, the only thing that would help my nausea was eating. And so I was in my head of like, well, try two is going to be worse then. Like if you're supposed to get hungry and try to do, what is that going to be like? Um, so I was just so hungry, eating so much more food, so nauseous, dry reaching, dry reaching every day, just like constantly feeling sick. It was shit house to be honest. Um, and I was exhausted. Like I was so tired. However, I was so happy to be nauseous because my first pregnancy, I had no pregnancy symptoms. So even though everything started off like like going really well and, you know, bubs obviously got to kind of like seven, eight week mark, I had no symptoms. I didn't get nauseous. I, oh, I, I got tired. I got very, very fatigued. Energy dropped to the point I was like, brain fog was through the roof, but like I didn't get anything like nausea or whatever, anything that was causing me me pain or discomfort. So I was happy to feel nauseous because so long as I was feeling nauseous and I was having pregnancy symptoms, it felt like a sign everything was progressing, right? So I kind of had this like this bittersweet thing with my pregnancy symptoms because it felt shit, but it kept me calm as well. So it was what it was, but yeah, I was feeling really sick. I had five really good days recently, bar like two days prior. So in the past week, out of the past week, I had five days where my nausea just disappeared, just disappeared. So as soon as I hit around 10 and a half weeks, my nausea just dropped off dramatically. My energy started coming back. And then the last two days I had nausea again and was very fatigued again, woke up today and don't have nausea again. So I'm, I'm kind of getting into that period of like my nausea seems to be going away, which makes me so happy. And my energy is slowly coming back, which is great. So that's another reason we had a little break on the podcast as well, because my energy, like I just was not in the, I, I just didn't have the capacity for podcasting. So, but my energy is coming back. So we're good. So that's kind of how I've been feeling and where I'm at and feeling now. The final thing that I'm going to share is how we came to find out and how I told my partner. So obviously, as I said, like I'm going to drop a video and things like that, but sometimes, you know, you want to hear the story. Like it's so beautiful to like watch a video or like see the reveal, but sometimes it's like, tell me the story. I love storytelling. I love listening to stories. I love telling stories. So I just want to bring you guys along on the story. So As I said, we were actively trying, but again, anyone who has been trying for a baby or has had a baby or or got pregnant, whatever, like sometimes you have months where you're like, yeah, I think we like, we just made a baby. And then some months where it's like, oh, I think I like fucked up my ovulation. Like, I don't think it was this month. Like sometimes you just get these feelings of like, you nailed it. You didn't nail it. Like you just get a feeling, right? And this particular month I was like, I was confused where I ovulated because I had ovulation fluid like come and then disappear and then come. And then I was like, I don't know if like, and, and my partner and I were like, we weren't being like, it's so weird because 
we knew when I was ovulating, we would have more sex around ovulation, but it wasn't like, I'm ovulating, fuck me. It was like, we were just like, let's just have more sex. Like, let's just have a lot of sex. And then naturally when I'm ovulating, because we're already having more sex, we're having sex. So we're more likely to make a baby. So that's the approach that we took. And the other approach that we took was we don't want to have baby making sex. Like that was the other conversation we had is like, can we please never have sex? Like we're making a baby. Can we just have sex and we just happen to be wanting to make a baby. Do you guys get me? Do you get the difference? Because like we felt that. Like we we had really fucking good sex. We did not have baby making sex. It was just like just good sex. It was a really good time. So sometimes it was a bit harder to know. So this particular month, I'm like, yeah, we've been having great sex, but I don't even know where I ovulated. I don't know. So I wasn't feeling confident about this particular month. And the next thing you need to know is Oscar and I had agreed that I would never take a pregnancy test unless two things. Thing one, I was late. So we didn't want to get in the thing of me taking pregnancy tests every single month and getting negatives because that would fuck me mentally. Like I could see how that for people, no, not happening. So we said that I would never test unless my period was actually late. And in the five months we tried, there was only one month we took a test because my period was two days late and my period's like clockwork. So that month I was so sure I was pregnant, but obviously I wasn't. My period was just late, which is so weird for me. Um, so we'd only taken one test, got one negative previously. And like straight away, as soon as that happened, we're like, okay, cool. We're not doing it until I'm even later next time. Like it's got to be like three, four days before we do a test because I felt like at the end of the month when my period would come, I'd be like a little bit disappointed, but it was just like getting my period. But then if I took a test and got a negative, that felt like shit. So that was the thing we agreed on. Don't take tests unless I'm actually late on my period because we don't didn't want that to psychologically impact me. And then the second thing we agreed is we would take tests together. So the first time, obviously when I was pregnant straight away, we took the test together, found out together. The second time we took a test when it was a negative, we were together. And then, so this third time, what had happened was Oscar and I were pretty confident that I wasn't pregnant and we decided to book a trip away at the end of the year. So we had worked with my travel agent. We'd booked this really big trip um, to America and Europe. And anyway, so we're working with my travel agent. We get the itinerary, get everything. And the travel agent sends across the invoice for us to pay and secure the flights, which were, I don't like 30K or something like that. Or yeah, like 30K because we were going business and that covered all internal flights, all internal transport plus there and back. So all of our flights between like Australia to LA, like LA, San Fran, San Fran to Quebec City in Canada, Canada to New York, New York to Paris, Paris to Switzerland, like everywhere. So that was how much it was costing to fly business class basically all over the world. And I was sitting there and I was like, look, I really don't think I'm pregnant, but if I was pregnant right now, then I would be like 30 weeks when we're going away. And I don't know if you're allowed to travel internationally at 30 weeks. Like I didn't know the rules. Okay. I didn't know what was what. So I was like, okay, I'm not pregnant, but I'll just quickly pee on a stick because then I can confirm I'm not pregnant and then I can pay this invoice. So I was just like super chill. I pulled out my camera, even though I was like, yeah, cool. Pulled out my camera, went into the bathroom, peed on this stick. And what do you know? I was fucking shook. And at this time I was only three weeks. I wasn't late. I was like the day, you know how they say you can test like 
up to six days prior to a missed period. It was like six days prior. Like I was like at the earliest you could possibly take a test and it work. So the line was so faint, which wigged me out first and foremost. I was like, firstly thought it was like I wasn't actually pregnant and then I googled it and it's like you can't be a little bit pregnant so if there's a faint line you're pregnant but I was just like what the actual fuck like all of that and then I was like do I tell Oscar do I wait a couple of days to test again I don't want to tell him that I'm pregnant and then it's a false positive and I got him excited and like all the things and I just sat with it I did some googling did some research and I was like nope I'm pregnant I'm gonna tell him so Then I was like, okay, how am I going to tell him I'm doing it tonight? Like I'm doing it today. I'm not wasting any time. So I've just got to like use the resources I have available. And a week prior, I'd done this thing with Oscar where when we were trying to plan our trip, there were two towns we couldn't choose between. There was a town called uh, Big Sur along the the coast of California um, heading up towards San Francisco. And then there's a town called Mill Valley, which is on the other side of San Francisco. Um, And we couldn't decide which town we wanted to stay in. So I got two pieces of paper. One said Big Sur, one said Mill Valley. And I told Oscar, I'm like, close his eyes. And I held them both up and I'm like, you've got to pick one. And he picked Big Sur. So that's what we booked for our trip. So Oscar came home this night and I said to him, babe, I've booked us two potential Christmas activities because we're actually going to be um, in Quebec City in Canada for Christmas. So I was like, I've booked us, like there's two potential Christmas activities we can do. You've got to close your eyes and pick which one. And that's the activity we're going to do. That's what we're going to spend Christmas doing. So he was like, oh my God, there's so much pressure. What if I pick the shitter activity? Like he was like taking it so seriously. So when you watch the video, you'll see, I don't know, I might end up cutting it, but he takes so long to pick. It's funny. And I was sitting there like fucking pick one. Um, But basically what the pieces of paper actually said, one said, you're going to be a daddy. And the other one said, I'm pregnant. So I held those up for him. He closed his eyes and eventually he picked the one that said, I'm pregnant. And he looked at it and he was just like, his first reaction was like, you are not. And and he was so caught off guard because we'd agreed to test together. And like, I was so sure I wasn't pregnant that I was okay testing without him. So it was just this whole, like, he was not expecting it. Um, And it was just the most beautiful moment. Like he embraced me and we hugged and, um, you know, his eyes watered and I cried. And like, it was just, we were just so happy and we were in like an absolute love bubble. And shortly after we, we like, I think it was, we called my best friend first. I don't know if it was that night or the next morning. Um, I don't remember, but we told her pretty quickly. And then we slowly started just like telling more people, telling more about friends and our family and things like that as well. Um, So by the time I was like pretty much like a lot of people knew by the point I was like six weeks pregnant and we were just okay with that. So that's pretty much where we're at now. That's how I did the test. That's how I found out I was pregnant. That's how I told Oscar. That's how I'm feeling in my pregnancy. That's the test we've had, the update. Um, and I just wanted to kind of like bring you guys along the journey, I guess, because this is an episode I would have loved to listen to whether I was trying for a baby or not. But it's also just something where it's like, it feels really beautiful for me to share. It feels like a reclamation. It feels like honoring my little rainbow baby because, you know, I'm getting to share the thing that I never got to share last time. And that feels really special for me. So it just feels like a really, really beautiful opportunity in in so many ways. One, like for you guys to listen, I don't even want to necessarily say is entertainment, but kind of, but, but again, this, this feels like it's for me too. 
this feels like it's for me too. Being able to just like publicly share and acknowledge this feels really, really special. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my little update and I'm sure there will be more updates and more episodes around little baby Ledlin in the future. 